This is HPR episode 2131 entitled HPR Community News for September 2016 and is part of the series HPR Community News. It is hosted by HPR volunteers and is about 36 minutes long. The summary is HPR Community News for September 2016. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everybody, my name is Ken Fallon and you're listening to Hacker Public Radio. This is the community news show for the crowdsourced podcast network that is Hacker Public Radio. We exist on the contributions of our community members to submit shows for the month. And this month, uh, this show we record once a month and anyone is free to join us and um discuss what's been going on in the last month on the community joining us tonight is dave hello everybody and a drive-by visitor kiddie how are you uh, hello i'm fine so uh going through as we do the new hosts dave can you uh can you uh introduce the new host this month yes we have one new host this month norris i think is the way you pronounce it or Norris T, I can't remember, but N O W R I S T is our new host. Fantastic. That was the SQLite and Bash show. Alrighty, let's go through the shows so that you know that they have been listened to and scored on. Uh, <laughs> no, we don't score them, <laughs> but uh, we have definitely listened to all the shows. Um, so we've. And I've been asked about this, Dave, how many people listen to the shows. Um, and I'm actually thinking of doing a show about that. So in order to have feedback about um, answering the question, how many people listen to a HBR show, um, I've done some calculations and I was on an IRC chat and I was in a conversation with you about it as well. If I You recall. were, yes, yeah, yeah. yes. So what I would like you to know, what I would like people to do, everybody uh, write in, uh, just uh, admin at hackerpublicradio.org and tell us if you were counting the number of people who subscribe or, or sorry, if you wanted to count, uh, if you wanted statistics from HPR, what would those statistics be? Let, let's make it as generic as possible. If you wanted statistics for a presentation or you were just interested, what would those statistics be? Uh, and can you send in what you think that should be. And just to give you an idea, um, uh, the number of downloads from a particular IP address, uh, exclude, um, what would you exclude? Would you exclude all the bots? Um, and what would you include? That sort of thing. If I don't know if I make my, I want to make this as generic a question as possible so people 
I can encourage as many different viewpoints and on what that should be as possible so I can run through all of them. But I don't uh, I don't know, do I need to give a certain amount of information about the information we gather or what? What do you reckon, Dave? Do you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, basically, it's it's a question that when you ask it, you think, oh, that's an easy question. Why haven't you answered me about that? And uh, then you start to think about it and you realize it's no way an easy question because what, if your question is how many listeners, well, that, that's that's a difficult one. How many downloaders? Well, that was the one you were just alluding to, is that people bots and etc etc it becomes very 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 convoluted and so getting some definitions is is the critical thing yeah yeah so if people can um give us some definitions of what they would like to see in the stats we can produce the stats and then i can use that as as a discussion point for how accurate that is now so if you're asking the question how many people listen to your shows um you can guarantee you that two people do uh, and that would be me and dave unfortunately dave if it's your show which is this one here uh hacking the inner ear all i can guarantee is that one person listened to your show and that was me and i found it interesting dave so that, that <laughs> well, therefore to know. <laughs> that therefore proves it's of interest to hackers so uh it was hacking my inner ear how i discover new things about my inner ear and how it works with massive disclaimers about <laughs> this is not uh medical advice in any way but it was very interesting um what was happening in your ear and how you went the whole three-dimensional aspect of how you managed to get that out of your fascinating stuff it's it's an interesting subject. I, I'm, I'm I'm particularly fascinated by these things. I hope many other people are as well. But it's some people are probably quite quite revolted and disgusted by it as well. No, not so. I don't think there was uh, I don't think there was that that much about it. And I mean, life is life. We are basically machines at the end of the day. And what it, I've what I've found out is quite a lot of the normal medical science is you know mechanical in nature. You know, the whack your inner shoulder in. It's a mechanical thing that needs to go back. So, yes. Uh, So there was no comments on that. So we will move on to the next show, which was uh, overhauling a bicycle hub. And this this is one from uh, John Culp in Lafayette, Louisiana, describing how he overhauls and renovates his rear hub from his road bike. Schwinn bike, is it? That's, That's right, yeah. And uh, the classic $2 lip, uh, lapel microphone um, comes back. And what do we call, we were going to call this series something, but we didn't get around to it. Somebody proposed a very good one in the show note, in the mailing list this month. Ooh, I don't remember. I don't remember. We'll, we'll check it out after, I guess. Of course, we'll come across it. I, um, yeah, it's a shame there were no pictures of this because I had difficulty visualizing but john explains why because he was up to his elbows in greece but uh it's it's, you know just might be nice to have a have an actual picture rather than a mental picture of of what was going on there but uh i guess it's like all all um bicycle hubs if you have a Dorelia gear set on it it will be that that type of thing i would guess i I thought uh, I was able to follow along okay. Maybe it was completely wrong, but uh, it's always nice to sneak back and just have a, a quick check in the show notes and the pictures to see if what's in your imagination is correct or not. That's right. That's right. It was it was interesting, though. It was, uh, 
I, I wasn't quite clear what he was doing to start with. And then I looked at a YouTube <laughs> um, on uh, on that very subject to see, well, what, what is this going? Oh, right. Now I get it. Now I get it. I've not done this much, you can gather. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So the following day, Dave and I had a discussion about the correct way to hang toilet paper and other topics. So it was the community news show for last month. And Tony Hughes uh, replied that, hi, guys, you wanted to know how uh, about the auction I used to buy my computer from. The company is called Northern uh, Realizations. They specialize in disposing of old corporate stock no longer required. Much of what they sell goes to the refurbishment market, but they have a public auction once a month in Bolton, UK, and he includes a link to their website. Very cool. Bolton's a bit far for me, but uh, good to know. And here is the answer, actually, to what Katie Murray... Oh, do you want me to do that one? Please do, yeah. Katie Murray says, audio tours. Ken was looking for a name for the episodes that people record out in the world rather than in the studio. The name I'm familiar with is a sound-seeing tour. These are always great because their ambient nature and that they provide a unique perspective on the subject by recording it on location. This might be a good series too. You're right, I'd I'd forgotten this. That's actually a great way of explaining it. Yeah, a sound-seeing tour. It's absolutely perfect, and we should make a series out of those, actually. I will make a note. Thank you, Dave. I expected you. Get on it. The following day was my old home server by Mr. X, and I love uh, I loved this uh, because he's got a compact iPad desktop computer, and I loved these ones. I had one doing exactly the same thing. Uh, well, not exactly the same thing, but uh, I had one of these little computers as well, and the speaker was enormously loud on it, but I never thought to use the beep to tell me that it was doing stuff. No, that's quite interesting. Yeah, yeah. I I also saw these things and knew they were quite popular for people and always wanted to to get one but never managed to find one at a reasonable price so that was that was quite an interesting thing there there were a sort of thing if you had uh, it departments you know you put them at the reception desk because you didn't want uh loud you know machines around you put them where things needed to be quiet yeah, people had them for, yeah. for sort of kiosks and things, didn't they? And, yeah. and all sorts of other small jobs like that. Excellent stuff. So the following day, we had SQL Light and Bash from our first-time host, Norrist, who I hope will continue uh, bringing shows. And they don't have to be of this quality, but yeah, it would be cool. And this was an absolutely brilliant idea. And I have... Uh, and also so very simple just uh and the, the premise of the show just for people um they want wanted to see how size of uh disk usage of files and, and directories changed over time and you usually see it um when this happens you your servers usually full up and then you have to use the du command to go around and find out where the files are and do the calculations and basically he used um a cron job to go at uh, around midnight th- uh, 3 in the morning actually to go to through the data file and create a uh, a directory uh, with um a report of what the du command disk usage command shows then a script to make a SQL file and then imported it into uh, the SQL uh, database, which I'm sure you approve of, Dave. Absolutely, yeah, no, 
SQL Lite's brilliant thing, and it's it's great for these sorts of sorts of jobs. Oh, it's a great idea you had here. Yeah, it's really impressed with this. As did Mac Racket, who said, I found this episode very useful. Gave me lots of ideas. Looking forward to more like it. In fact, that actually right there, the whole concept that you would use SQL Lite in com- combination with Cron to keep track of this historical stuff was you know, it's so obvious when you when you hear it, but it's uh, then ding. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. John Culp made a comment and he said, worst ever. I thought I John, heard you said... John, John, new host <laughs> coming question. on board. You're supposed it's to be supportive of them, John. <laughs> I was very careful to express that question mark there. I thought I heard you say at the end of this episode that it might be the worst HPR ever. No way. I really enjoyed this. It was great hearing how you worked your way through the problem and arrived at a usable solution. Please do more. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> and... Uh... Uh, Gumnos said cleaning up the script you could clean up the script by using a here document instead of a temporary SQL file something like SQLite 3 I think he got caught by the comment system oh okay, will, yeah. it, it will have interpreted his <sighs> he's God, probably yeah. got some greater than signs there and it said oh that looks like HTML I'll just throw it away for you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just to be friendly um, it's a shame he didn't uh, let us know or something. We could have could have picked that up for him. Yeah, we can still do. Yeah, yeah. Well, if yeah, he's but he this, wouldn't maybe know he that because of our common crappy common system needing uh, confirmation. So it could be twenty four hours before one of us gets it. So oh uh, no, it's yeah. it, it. The turnaround's pretty fast these days. Oh, well, is it, it, Dave? Yeah, no, if you live in the right quick. time zone. There's, Dave. there's some sort of ro- yeah, oh, uh, yeah. There's some sort of <laughs> robot who catches them quite quite a lot. <laughs> I can just picture your house when a comment goes on, a Raspberry Pi sends in a klaxon going, alert, alert, somebody left a comment on the HPR website. That's right, and we all run, sliding down firemen's poles and stuff like that. Doors opening automatically as we run to the thing. Yeah, it's quite, you you just, there's a perfect picture you have there. That's exactly why you need to leave comments folks and remember dave is in the utc time zone so um pick <laughs> the most awkward times possible middle of the night is oh, yeah. it's my favorite yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly uh kevin o'brien and you do kevin's oh sorry um i got i got lost with that in that image of uh, running to fix comments um kevin this, o'brien says excellent show. The cinemas <laughs> hbr comments <laughs> this time it's personal <laughs> I've got. I've even got a show coming up where I have, which I haven't finished yet about how I do this stuff. But anyway, um, Kevin says excellent show. I was listening to this show on my drive to work into work, and I was thinking that it epitomizes what we mean by something of interest to hackers. I want to hear more from Norris. Very much. Very true. Very good comment. And Norris replied to the here document. Thanks for the tip. And I did not know what the here document was, and I had to look that up even despite the fact that I use it quite a lot in my uh, daily life. And it is putting in a marker and the, within a text file and using the three arrow signs to pipe in a, an array of data. But I guess, Dave, you could explain it a lot better than I could. It's it's something I've sort of thought about because I'm doing an on and off series about bash odds and sods. Uh, that's definitely something to, to add to it at some point down the road. So, uh, yeah, Good definitely. Stuff. Oh, and I commented on this and said, I enjoyed this. 
a good topic for a show, I thought. I enjoyed following your thinking, your solution. The audio was good, and the background noise was not distracting at all. He was, he was a bit nervous about those things. I never use full paths to commands. I can see cases where perhaps you sh perhaps I should. Have you been bitten by not doing this in the past? If so, I'd like to hear about it. I wondered why the date program used in the cron tab entry was slash bin slash date, whereas it was slash users slash bin slash date in the main script. Are you working across different OSs or architectures? Looking forward to more. I have, in fact, uh, gotten hit by that um, s that problem, and it comes from you see it more where the paths for a root user is different from the paths for a user that's running it as cron. You know, uh, a root user will have access to SBIN on a Debian system, but not on a, uh, a regular user will not have access to those. So some of the commands that will work in a root cron job will not work as a user cron job and vice versa. And also yeah, if you've got aliases yeah. installed and depending on where you install them, um, the alias will clobber the date command if you just put in date. Yes, yes, yes. So it is good practice in general, but uh, I suppose it's me really. I just got a bit lazy. I used to work on a system which had the your home directory on a server and then you got access to different workstations, one of which might be Ultrix, one might be Sonos. And then if you move from one to the other, then y you could not, you, you had great difficulty in knowing where a given tool was, um, or, you know, your pathing was very critical uh, between the between the systems. So, yeah, but I've sort of put all that behind me because I don't work in that area anymore. <laughs> so I'm lazy. <laughs> lazy in my old age, that's probably what it is. Okay, moving on to GNU Oc Part 1, which is by Be Easy and Your Good Self, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. This is a brilliant collaboration. Be Easy is uh, providing very, very clear and useful information. And then we have shows from you as well. Ooh, I like, I like the oh, way you, you said that. that. that? <laughs> Isn't that as well? That's really <laughs> yes, yes. Not at all. Uh, I think it's brilliant the way you're doing this. And this is like, um, I think in years to come, people will look back on this show and go uh, look at, you know, fully fledged in-depth series like um, like um, Kevin O'Brien's LibreOffice one. And your bash ones and this series, you know, the said oh, and don't forget grep, which is, is hopefully on your list, as shows that okay, guys, you know, uh, welcome to your new job. Here's a here's a wedge of podcast that you have to listen to before you're I allow you root access. You know, yeah, yeah, that would be that would be good. It's uh, we we'd, we'd actually been talking about maybe making a a more uh, readable version of these notes um you know maybe a pdf version or something like that but we, we, we'll see whether that would be a good idea might also be um interesting to do uh some video stuff because i've been thinking about that as well uh how shows i've been thinking of that we've had the request to put some shows up on uh facebook and youtube it was one of the comments from um uh, the podcast awards that you know you shouldn't ignore these platforms because there's lots of people up there 
and something like that where somebody's done the audio for a show that you follow along with a screencast and yeah i was just seeing that in my head how the logistics of that would work i've often wondered that myself actually i i was going to throw an animated gif or two into into one thing i was doing but i i thought it would just be more of a nuisance than anything else but yeah i think a youtube thing might be might be good for a for a, a screencast as you say yeah, if there's somebody who wants to get into, uh, somebody wants to take that on for us, not necessarily that every show gets that you know the full Monty treatment, but uh, some shows like this might be handy just to print off the commands as they're typing them out. Could be useful. Okay, um, no comments on that yet. I'm sure that will change in the fullness of time. And the following day, we had Windigo yet again wasting shows by putting three in the one show. But he has come up with this is probably a series by now. If I'm yeah, apps plunking three, so it's officially a series. Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, I missed yeah, that one. Yeah, no DM, uh, CMUS, and PA record. He seems to be able to keep coming up with them, so I can't really be too harsh with him about the uh, the fact that he's wasting three episodes per three items per episode. Um, and the the tools were a small um, utility to start X automatically, which is actually a brilliant idea because, and he did mention it was a security risk, but I run a single, uh, you know, my laptop, the only person logging in is myself or various different forms of myself, depending on where I'm on the network. And it I already need to put in a password to decrypt it. So to uh, to log in, it might be an idea. But I, I do need to lock the screen, obviously, when I walk away. So I can see in cases where that would be useful. Um, a CMUS, a console-based music player, and PA Record, a handy record uh, tool for Pulse Audio, which I was not aware of. The no, uh, command line music player, I am stuck in my world of just using M player and don't think I'll ever leave it, to be honest. But the I, PA um, record I could probably use. I did use uh, CMUS or CMUS or however you say it, because I saw the recommendation from Chalcolom Gavin, who uh, on GNU Social, I tried it. It actually uh, didn't work very well for me because in my music folders I have some compositions from my son and something he'd done crashed it so uh, never managed to get to the bottom uh, of that okay uh, uh, hello Fire uh, i use seamus uh, 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 and do you like it uh, i did like it uh, sometimes uh, i uh, open it and uh, have it living inside that terminal uh, living inside the terminal uh, inside our tumex uh, Thing and if I accidentally closed the terminal, the CMS still go on, and I f- forgot about where the zone come from. <laughs> oh, very good, yes. But that's, that's actually a, that's a good idea to run it on Tmux, which is like a a sort of screen session thing. Which in itself, if you ever wanted to do a show about uh, Tmux, you can go to HBR and record a show. But yes, very cool. And how big, so, how big is your library of songs? Uh, ten songs. <laughs> <laughs> very good. So I used use it for learning it, not for using it as my uh, my uh, music player. But I end up listening to the songs like twenty, thirty times. 
Because you closed down your team hook session. Yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. Sometimes in the morning, I totally forgot where the zone come from. I accidentally had it going on all the night <laughs> till morning. That is interesting. That's very funny. I didn't understand it. It's uh, not happened so often uh, lately <laughs> because I learned from it. <laughs> and that is exactly what we're on about here. Okay, um, there was one comment on this show from Be Easy and says, thanks for PA Record. I will try it when I record my next episode. As for Seamus, I can't recommend it enough. I have a NAS with an NFS share full of thousands of songs. Uh, most graphical players choke when uploading the library, but CMOS handles it like a champ. I agree the controls take a bit of getting used to it, but it's worth it in the end. Plus, it fits into an i3 workflow perfectly. What's an i3 workflow? I hoped you knew the answer to that. I have no idea. <laughs> i3 is a Windows manager. Is it? On Linux. I have never heard about it. Do you oh, I... I heard oh. about it very much. I just I doesn't like it, but I hear about it. Many of my Linux friends use it. <laughs> I hear, see here in um, uh, the Fedora magazine. All right, somebody has to do a show about that. Gosh, if there was only person that knew something about i3 and admittedly only found out about HBR 10 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> But if you're ever, yeah, if you could record a show about uh, about this, how to use it, what it does, that would be awesome. Or otherwise, somebody else can do it. Yeah, um, I can maybe give some um, tips to how to re- review it. Perfect. Like some is uh, the host thing is that the things who um, give you email or something about. Did, did you understand that? <laughs> Sorry, no. Sorry, what did you say? Uh, the hostess. Uh, how uh, do they come about to be host? <laughs> well, what they do is, that, and I'm very glad you asked me that question, you uh, record something and you go to the HPR website and you press the upload button and you type in your email address and they will send you a link to a form where you type in the information about the show and about yourself and then you add the recorded file that you've just made and then you become a host it's as simple oh. as that so it does um it do the you said uh, audio to do it uh, about to text then or so so say you wanted to become a host and you wanted to talk you need to find something to talk about so say you wanted to talk about the i3 window manager you record a show on your mobile phone or in your computer or something, and you start talking about it. And then um, once that once you have a file of you talking about it, you upload it to our website, and then that automatically makes you a host. And next month, tune in. Dave and I will talk about your show. Oh, uh, but the text uh, in this show notes, do you make it or do does the host make it? The host makes it, and if the host doesn't make it, then we will make it. Oh, so it's uh, optional then? Well, optional with a... We would prefer you to make it. (laughs) Much work for you if all hosts leave uh, um, the writing to you. You know know more about it than we do, so you you probably do a better job of of preparing notes than, uh, than we would, you know, trying to work out what you would have written. 
So better if you do it. And sometimes uh, it's just going getting uh, a links together to websites that people can read up about it. And if the links are there, we can put in some, you know, if you link to Wikipedia or something, we can copy in a bit from Wikipedia so that people know uh, where to get more information. That's all it is. Dave, Dave and Be Easy are doing very, very detailed show notes for their OCK series, but that's like a project that they're doing about OCK. Um, so they're going into a lot of detail and the show notes really help because it's a complicated topic. And the next show that we're talking about, which is Duffer Gardening, which was a prior to a Duffercast, which is another podcast, uh, Chalcolum Iskinus, oh God, Iskinus. Can you do this? Incius. Yes, it's it's Michael. His his real name is Incius, who is an HBR host. He's done one, one, uh, one show. I hope I, he's going to do more. <laughs> I know that doesn't still doesn't stop me butchering people's names, Dave. <laughs> no, 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 no. And Chalcolum is is a is um is Gavin, and uh, as I put in the notes here, uh, is the the other guy who's everybody has difficulty saying his name. Chalcolum. Very, very good. And uh, basically your show notes about that is some links to who they are and more information about the Dufferkast and the Bugcast and the, and they plant a link to the Wikipedia article. So nothing. Uh, we lost KGG there for a while and now he's back. Yeah, accidentally click on the other channel. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we were just saying that the next episode has got some, you know, it's it's very light on the notes, but it's got some links to where you can get more information if you wanted. Yeah, do go up or down, but then you go through the notes. We start as um, uh, well. It doesn't actually when you're uploading a show. It doesn't actually matter. You fill in all the fields that you need to fill in, and then you press upload, and that's it. Yeah, but uh, I try to follow your subject, and I'm not sure if you. Uh, Going upwards or downwards <laughs> through the list of shows, you mean? Yeah, we're 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 going an increasing number. Yeah, so we're now on two one one six and the two two uh, two two no two one one seven next. Then that's absolutely right. Yes. Yeah, I start uh, think you go upwards and hmm. <laughs> so there were some comments on this show. Two one one six. First was from. Uh, Col, who says, info, can you put a bit more info in the blurb about the talk? So uh, I'm not quite clear what uh, what this what this um, Cole, he or she meant. Uh, so I replied to that saying, hi, Cole, thanks for the comment. What sort of information were you looking for? Explanations of terms, links, not quite sure what you need. So uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get an answer to that. The, the comment system is not very obvious place to go and look for... Uh, for, for discussions and stuff, unfortunately, but uh, hopefully we'll get an answer to that. I'm happy to extend the the notes if uh, if that uh, that's what's being asked for. Yep. Okay. So now we're on uh, episode two one one seven. What's in my bag for Podcrawl, which Dave from the Love Bug uh, brought with him when he was going on the London pub crawl. And he brought a lot of stuff. Just as well he didn't record this prior to the event or he would have gotten mugged. Yeah, right. Yeah, some quite expensive stuff in there. <laughs> Indeed there is. But some nice stuff, actually. Some uh, good good uh, rundown of what 
you could have if you're a professional podcaster and wish to record on the go. Yeah, I was impressed with this actually. He he's got a portable Samsung mic, which uh, they're they're quite good. That's what I'm using a a non-portable Samsung at the moment on a on a boom. Um, yeah. But uh, it's uh, you know they're 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 quite good value things. But that's that's quite a quite a mic to be taking to a pub. I would have thought. Yeah, and an Olympus, Olympus recorder too, which I found quite interesting. I looked at those and thought, gosh, they look like, you know, dictaphones or something. But they're actually a lot better. This is just me being stupid, I guess. It, yeah. It's uh, they're actually quite high quality devices. The uh, some of the, I thought actually when I was doing the research for my own H two Zoom. I was thinking of the dictaphones, and I got my hands on one, and their audio was terrible, absolutely yeah. brutal. Yeah, that that was that was my thought because it, it's just the fact that there is some sound recorded is is all that they're aiming to to to, yeah. to get to. Whereas this Olympus DM3, I think, is a is a much much glassier device. Yep. Okay. Uh, we will move on to the next episode, which was episode two one one eight. What is App Inventor? And this was by Nacho Jordi. And App Inventor is uh, Android is an open source application provided by Google, now maintained by the MIT, which gives you a graphical um, way to create applications for the Android OS. And I think this is this is one of the ones that I have now on my list for uh, when my kids start getting more mobile phones and apps and stuff that they can start using those to control things on the Raspberry Pis on their desk, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, that would be great. That, that's I've not looked at it yet, but uh, definitely like to have a have a wee look at, at how that works myself. This uh, this whole idea of the, the drag-and-drop programming, I was a bit dubious about it myself to start off with, but when I see um, the kids at it, it is very, you get very productive very quickly with it, and the concepts are nice and clearly uh, laid out. Get yeah, sounds think- good. Go get ahead. Me, get me to think of the new uh, thing Apple did uh, doing uh, easier to program programming. Is that a similar sort of thing where you... Uh, similar drag- concept. Yeah, yeah, very good. And that is, uh, I talked to my mother, my brother is going to have it in school next year. <laughs> oh, okay. And what age is he then? Uh, what year are we in? <laughs> well, you know, more or less, is he in? Uh, is he in first basic school or gone to secondary school or university? Um, he's uh, six. And already getting computer programming lessons. Yeah, uh, but uh, that is drag and drop kind of thing. Yeah, still, it's computer lessons. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and. It's um, it's um, it's added as um, standard um, um, thing to learn it's from par- the start. Part of the syllabus now. Yeah. Excellent. We are way behind, folks. And you're in Germany, if I'm just uh, telling the listeners. Uh, no, I'm uh, in Norway. Norway. Uh, for some reason, the KDG reminded me of a uh, German company. For some reason. Yeah. So you're in Norway. What part of Norway? I should have asked. Um, self is that is that a word? <laughs> it could be. Can you paste in a different uh, direction of north? <laughs> ah, very good. Is is that a self? 
the south yes the opposite of north very good so we're uh looking at episode 2119 making chocolate chip cookies and this would be a sound seeing tour i guess indeed and it's well it's actually part of the cooking series by j john culp and he describes the recipe of making chocolate chip cookies and i was on the train i going past vape when i was listening to this i always find it amazing that i am somewhere else and then i'm in a kitchen in lafayette louisiana listening to the everyday life of somebody he has a kitchen aid and my wife was looking for a, a kitchen solution and she picked a kenwood model and she did so much research on it that i wanted her to do a hpr show on her reasoning behind picking one over the other and what the benefits were and they are very expensive but as john says they are definitely worth it if you're doing cooking or anything of that nature we have definitely saved so much money um uh by getting that because we make all our own bread now so we save literally three four euros a week on uh on having this thing in just on that yep i would agree with that i i also have a kenwood and i make bread with it and uh, it's uh it's lasted a long long time yes but she refuses to record shows don't know why there you go folks that's why i have to pester the rest of you so the price is for the device not the um, cake or uh, the cookies <laughs> no the cookies are uh are uh i don't think that expensive i um, start wondering <laughs> yeah exactly steve uh asked in the comments how about some caging cooking enjoyed listening to the episode i for one would listen to me while i'm doing something episodes quite interesting uh, sorry i find you're listening to me while i'm doing something episodes quite interesting you commented on red beans and sausage preparation if you had any recipes tips or tricks and methods to share on cajun cooking i'd love to hear an episode or two about that two great episodes to which john replied in the voice of david morris <laughs> I, I agree with steve by the way i would love to hear that recipe um John, John Culp says and replied, Cajun cooking. Thanks for the comment. Glad to hear you enjoy these things. As far as the Cajun food, I could try it, but normally my wife is the one who makes these dishes, except one time I did the red bean and sausage in the crock pot when she was out of town, so I might be able to ha handle that. I could ask her to do her own episode, but somehow I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yes, there is a... Uh... There is uh, very little hope of getting wives to do episodes. And then Mrs. Zoe comes in, who has done a series on HBR as a, uh, is a host in her own right. You learn something new every day. I cannot tell you how many times I have stood in the kitchen trying to level off the vegetables shorting in the, uh, shorting in the measuring cup, only to have to try and scrape it out afterwards. Then... I would have to work even harder to wash the shortening that remained out of the measuring cup. Imagine my shock and excitement when I listened to your podcast and realized that the rest of the world would be holding out of me by not sharing the brilliance of displacement method for measuring shortening. They are jerks, and you are my new hero as I approach the holiday baking season. I'm truly pleased to learn 
there is an easier way. Thank you. Dave, can you explain what's going on there before I make a comment about this comment? <laughs> well, um, the the vegetable shortening was uh, Crisco, which is uh, which is what what uh, is equivalent to what we use in the UK, which is called cooking, which comes as a block. And uh, of course, American recipes use volume to uh, to measure everything, not weight. I don't think they use weight for anything, but I, I may be wrong. So you have to measure ingredients in in a cup, and uh, so measuring measuring. Uh, um, a, a fat-based product in a cup is a total and utter pain. Whereas John's mum's idea is that you you use um, Archimedes' principle of di water displacement to uh, to to work out what the volume is based on um, uh, putting water in a in a container and adding the the uh, vegetable shortening to it and and watching the the level in relation to number of cups of liquid. Which is brilliant. It is indeed. And this, uh, yeah, go on. Uh, uh, cups difference. You have big cups and small cups. The, this, is, this is the no. This is the American measuring cup, which is a standard size. So uh, it's not just any arbitrary cup you happen to to have in your cupboard. It's uh, it's this specific volume uh, cup. But it's filled very randomly. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well. When you look at um, recipes, and I've done this, I've gone to look at recipe books for um, American recipe books to look for, for, for interesting recipes. And it says things like one cup of flour, and then it says press down, a press down cup, or a lightly shaken cup. So there, there are different ways in which you fill a cup, and you get different, different quantities depending on, on these techniques which seems to me to be the most inaccurate way of doing things, as I can imagine. <laughs> and I can guarantee you that that will trigger a massive response like our uh, Fahrenheit and Celsius discussion, which I'm looking forward to hearing, by the way, because I too thought a cup was a random cup and not a unit of measurement. But then again... No, uh, I, I know it's a cup is some kind of measurement, but... I um, I never used it. I never know anyone use it. <laughs> and I, it's hard to get a cup. A set yeah. of cups is very difficult to you know uh, measuring cups from from the. You can go to a kitchen specialist shop and buy a set of kitchen uh, measuring cups, but you you're not going to find it in your local hardware store here. Yeah. I was um, I was in America in 2011 with my with my kids, and one of the things we did as we were driving out of san francisco we stopped at a at a walmart or something like that and just have a look around and uh, i saw loads and loads and loads of really quite nicely made cups and we had to have a set of that i think we maybe bought two i can't remember now <laughs> so so you know making the conversion from american recipe was going to be a lot easier if we used to uh, use these measurements was the, was the idea i've never used them but uh, there you go i suppose if you lived in a metric world and you heard people talking about feet that it's four feet long. It sounds very arbitrary as well. That it is, yeah. You know, do I use a big person's foot or a baby feet or as well? So. Yes. Well, as the age I am, I, I've sort of straddled the the Fahrenheit was the common temperature scale in Britain when I was a kid, and then it turned to to centigrade. And we had pre decimal currency, and then we we decimalized. And when I was taught to cook. As a youngster by my mum, 
it was all volume but we, we had a thing where you could get a weight by by putting stuff up to a level in a volume measure so you know it's a it's 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 easy to be absolutist about this <laughs> but but i still do think that, that measuring things by weight is a is a better technique um so the one last thing i want to say about uh, mrs zoke's comment is people ask me how popular a show is as well and we've already said that we can guarantee two people listen to your shows but Say you had the most popular show on HPR ever, without a doubt, downloaded. Would that have more impact than this show that allowed, that resonated with somebody so much that, you know, now every time that a cooking thing will be made, that show will be conjured up in that person's head. Every, every cookie, every time that that is, that trick is used this show is conjured up and somebody said that's what i think hpr is all about just as by the way yeah absolutely so it's no, um it's no way to see how many times someone has used something then <laughs> yeah but it's it's not about the downloads it's about the impact and you can't measure the impact unless somebody comments and that's why commenting and emailing back and um getting in contact with us is so important because it gives us a proper measure of that show that you did, that you took out an hour of your life. And it, even though for John, it was a throwaway comment that his mom always did it like that. And he probably assumes that everybody in the world has done it like that, but he said it anyway, because he said it anyway, somebody else can go, Oh my God, that is a brilliant, brilliant uh, a brilliant, brilliant thing. And also, you, you can take it and go, well, I never thought that I could explain Archimedes' principle to my kids while I'm baking cookies. Very good. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, John John Cobb replied to, to uh, Mrs. Zook's comment saying, Mum's wisdom. Haha, it's good to know that this was helpful. I've got to give credit where it's due, though. It was my mum that taught me this when I was probably 10 or 12 years old. She knows how to do basically everything. That's what mums are all about. And Guitar Man said, Yum, I've made these twice in two days now. Couldn't resist. I've upped the chocolate chips a bit since I'm using gluten free flour and I eat a bit more chocolate to cover that up thank you very much for sharing and inspiring me to make copy cookies haven't met them in years smiley face so cooking series going down a bomb here on hpr it's it's great to see isn't it yeah very happy now the other end of the extreme you never know what what uh, is going to turn up on hpr and we had operator making a very very welcome return with web dump wmap eyewitness PhantomJS and Selenium automate the process of finding unique sites, removing duplicates and getting screenshots. Now, I don't know how many people in the world need to do this from time to time, but I happen to be one of them. And these tools, uh, this approach is definitely um, a way to go. I would not have, um, I, I wasn't aware of the eyewitness uh, tool. Um, and the uh, the burp WMAP change request scanner was a new one to me. So very nice, very interesting show. Here was a case where there was some video too that uh, that was that sort of added quite a lot to the uh, the understanding. I I wasn't quite clear what this was about until I'd sat and looked at the at the video. 
I think actually, if you if you've ever done this, uh, having done had to do this a few times myself, um, uh, then it became it was from the word go completely obvious what he was trying to do. But I can get that if you've never done this, it's kind of a niche thing. And you can see be easy coming out of the shadows there. Uh, oh, I've got to try some of this stuff. More episodes, please. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> you know. If this is what you do, if this floats your boat, and again, this is like the impact of the show. You've got two people going, yes, 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 brilliant episode. And other people go scratching their head going, why would you ever want to do this? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, yeah. That's what HBR is all about, eh? Indeed. So have you tried the application? Yeah, it's a. It's basically a, it's, it's more, his episode is less about an application per se, but how his approach to um to going around to various different websites on mass and kind of narrowing down the interesting sites that he needs to look at and that's uh his reasons for doing it and my reasons for doing it would be completely different but sometimes you need to do that so it's um i haven't tried those tools yet because it's actually a thing i do once maybe every six months and as with quite a lot of things on HPR, I will just file it away and go, okay, I'll go back and listen to that on the day. So it's from a make this show or other things? Um, so his his show is specifically about uh, about um, WebDump, WMAP, Eyewitness, uh, PhantomJS, and Selenium. Now I use Selenium, Selenium uh, a bit. Uh, PhantomJS I wasn't aware of. And so the next time that I go to do this task, I will come back to the show and go. Okay, which pieces of this can I take and use in my own in my own task? Yeah, thanks. Okay, no problem. Hope that helps. So the next day, show twenty one twenty one, Dark Cults tabletop game, and this is the first in what people who are fans of Clatu and they are out there. Uh, I'm not saying that like oh, there are not fans of Clatu, but Clatu. Fans have requested a specific feed to follow Tlatu, which is available for all our hosts, by the way. You can subscribe to an individual host on HPR and guarantee that you will always get their shows. So, for example, in the HPR feeds, you could subscribe to the monthly show, this show that you're listening, so that you can hear all the shows that have gone in the last month and decide whether you want to download them. But, for example, if you know you always want to download everything that Tlatu produces that you can subscribe to Tlatu or any of the other hosts and guarantee that you will get their shows as well. And he has started a series on tabletop gaming. So analog gaming, board games, in fact. And I'm really glad to see this. As is Joe, who said, Great show. I agree that board games seem like yesterday's history. I think they like the 80s music will make... I think they, like 80s music, will make a return. Digital pulls people apart while analog brings them together, like the uh, presentation, and look forward to playing the game. So, very good. Yes, it was. Uh, it's. It, I um. I'm not a, really much of a tabletop gamer. I did do. It was a family thing when I was a kid. We played played analog games a lot when we were together. But I just have not done it since I since I grew up. But listening to um, Clatu's uh, enthusiasm. I, I'm just wondering. I am not. I've got it wrong. <laughs> I don't think Dark Cults would be the first one that I would jump into. And just for DWG and, uh, or sorry, not KWG, KDG, uh, 
what Tattoo did was there was an old card game, uh, like sort of Dungeons and Dragony, but you can play it by yourself or with people. Yeah, and, I find it to Google it. <laughs> okay, yeah. He has a link in there and he has produced a set of, of art. Tattoo's a very talented uh, filmmaker, artist, and all rounder, I guess. Dave, does it probably a good word for that? Polymath, I think, is probably the word you're yeah, looking for. Yeah, that was it. Polymath. And um, he has produced uh, artwork that you can download and print off your own cards based entirely on the game. So. But um, that one seemed a little bit dark to me. I I would be actually terrified going to bed because I uh, and I'm and I'm embarrassed to admit this, but I will anyway. Uh, when I'm out in the back room, sometimes I do like a scary voice, like "I'm going to bed," and then, <laughs> and then have to turn all the lights on in the house because I've just scared myself so much. In my defence, I live beside a graveyard, so. <laughs> Okay, okay, yeah. yeah. You're a wuss, you're a wuss. So you can understand why this may not be for me. So you don't watch spooky movies then? Oh, God, no. Although sometimes I have to for work because... um, um, (laughs) This work or different work? Oh, not this work, but for actual, you know, earn a salary work. Sometimes um, uh, there might be a... A problem with some of the movies that we have on our uh, on our platform, and you're forced to watch them. One I had to watch was uh, The Bride of Chucky, which, with the soundtrack on, is a terrifying movie. But when you have the soundtrack off and you're listening to like happy music, it is the most <laughs> stupid film that you could ever. <laughs> she can escape by taking one step to the left. <laughs> oh, it was just anyway, but uh, but that's it. Yes, I'm a wuss, as maybe. But I'm a proud was, and my wife loves me, and that's the most important thing. No, 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 no. Anyway, yes, I, uh, <laughs> I, when when the the Exorcist came out, um, which is quite some time ago yeah. now, I lived. I was a student, and I and there was a cinema just across the road, and I went to see it, and it was the late night showing, and I kept, I was utterly and completely shattered by the experience, um, and. One time when my kids were around, they were in their teens, and I said, "We well, want to see Exorcist. It was on the telly. And they looked at it, and they, they watched it, and they said, Dad, this is so stupid. And I said, but that's, it scared the, the life out of me. And I, no, it's rubbish, they said. Yeah, <laughs> so that was me, you know? Yeah, yeah so and I it's also like late at night and in a large movie theater and not on the... And people have become, you know, things have moved on. Like uh, I was watching a review of some scenes in platoon that have become so so much of an inspiration for other people that it's diluted now that it doesn't have the same impact that it did have when it was originally released yes okay yes. fine anyway. alpha, alpha 32 at show 2122 alpha 32's new machine um built with all amd components and the first time I saw this coming through my feed, I was thinking, using a 32-bit alpha processor for his machine. But uh, no, he uh, built it based on AMD components. And a very nice uh, show it was. But I would like to know how much he spent in total on it. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It, doing that sort of thing is not the, the cheap solution that it used to be, eh? No, no. I remember uh, like when I built Server 8, it's what, more years ago now since I replaced it with a Pi. Um, it was affordable to do it, but uh, now the only people I know building computers themselves are those that 
want specific hardware for uh, you know for their rigs. So I'm just wondering would uh, would Alpha 32 maybe have not got a be- might not have got a better computer, but would have got a at least cheaper computer with the same performance by going to Dell or some white box store. I don't know. It's just a thought. But it was an interesting really you need to, be, to hear. You need to be good at uh, you need to know what you're doing and need to know very much about computing to build a cheap computer nowadays. <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. Because uh, I think he also got caught with a uh, missing a graphics card at one point and he had to add an additional graphics card, which wasn't that probably that much but you know it's it all adds up when you can buy a, a pretty good computer from dell for 250 euros now you know and my dad built once a pc and he accidentally crushed his uh, cpu ouch <laughs> and that was the pricey thing of the whole thing yeah exactly yeah so yeah you gotta be careful and it was when it was um Screwing in the fan thing, you you know what? The yeah, fan I do. Yeah, we're putting in the uh, fan on top of the um, heatsink. Yeah, yeah. It's and the thing about the putting a computer together is then it doesn't boot up. If it boots up, everything's awesome. But if it doesn't boot up, then you're listening to beep codes to find out is it the memory, is it the processor, is it the whatever. So it's a, it can be really really satisfying but it can also be a pain in the buttocks hmm. uh, I've not s- said it yet uh, I am a Mac user <laughs> <gasps> the shame Yeah, s- starting to st- thinking of switching well we have a show that will dis- back in uh, the Fostem episodes we have uh, quite a lot of MacBooks you can even replace your firmware on them you can definitely run Linux on them uh, or a more open platform bsds if you wish yeah i, I have an older mac i got linux for but i want perfect linux to replace my perfect uh, mac <laughs> yes, yes i am perfectionist <laughs> yes um, extremely perfectionist all who uh, knows me <laughs> there's no harm in that okay let's move on to 2123. how i make coffee how I use my coffee gator. Uh, all aspects of making the perfect cup of coffee in our coffee series. Uh, so the coffee gator is a pretty nice device. Swan neck kettle they have. And he recommends both. So I went to the uh, website to have a look at some of their uh, the pictures of their stuff. And I think people get into coffee. I'm more a, um, a, more a go over to the automata and press the cappuccino button kind of coffee guy myself i must say i have not uh, i've not not found anything i've not found any need to change away from the mocha coffee maker that, that i have um, yeah. but I, my my son has has been doing the same sort of thing and going through all sorts of different types of uh, coffee making error presses and and things of that nature so yeah, yeah it's 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 a thing it's a thing it's a find to, that process of finding what you like best Yep, and uh, in another, the following episode, twenty one twenty four, repairing a cloth shopping bag with a sewing machine, JWP, I must say I was very disappointed with this show because he did not explain how a sewing machine works. He did not explain how a bobbin, uh, he is exactly like me when it comes to operating a sewing machine. If it's there and it works, good. 
and if not 100% sure how it works although I did see a, a video years back on it I must root that out again but no I, I digress um, the over and back stitching to do the cross stitching was it the fixed stitching fixed stitch um, that was interesting but yeah. really really yeah. need somebody to do some uh, introduction to sewing series it has to be a series how to refill a bobbing how to what sort of what you should look for what you shouldn't look for it I completely agree with John um, uh, sewing is and using a sewing machine is definitely a hacking uh, thing and we I'm shocked and amazed that we haven't had a full series on HPR about that as yet. Also, knitting, see above. <laughs> yes, yes, I agree, I agree. Uh, I, I found this fascinating, actually. It, uh, it's, um, I was thrown by the fact that he pronounced the make of the sewing machine Genome, and I thought, that can't be right. No, no, you don't say the final E, do you? And I looked it up. Yes, you do, because it's Japanese. So why, I ah. keep my opinions to myself. It's a, it's a Japanese word, genome. So uh, anyway, my my daughter has the same has a, has a has one of those as well, but and I have it, no clue how to use it. John's mother again. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, John's yeah. mother really set up John for life there, didn't she? <laughs> yes, yes. I I have three sewing machines in this house. Don't know how to use any of them. Yeah, so that is. Uh, I, I need to be learning. I think. I went down to the local sewing shop to ask uh, the lady, you know, could I, do you have like training and, and how to use a sewing machine? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah we do uh, a Wednesday afternoon at three o'clock. And this wouldn't happen to be for, do you have anything for adults? Adults? Adults wanting to learn sewing? Yeah, me. Yeah, I'd like to know how to use a sewing machine. Oh, um, ooh, ah, yeah, well, you can bring it in and we can show you. Uh, yes, but it would be awesome. I suppose I could maybe track down some youtube videos but it would be nice to have it here on hpr yeah i agree it would be it would be very interesting and alpha 32 was on a roll this week uh this month and he did another show my mobile recording solution how to do decent audio in my creeper van uh and he uses a plantronics usb headset chromebook linux and audacity to record on the go and works very well if i might say so I do not know what a creeper van is. Sounds very creepy to me. Uh, that was that was my note to myself. What is a creeper van? And I haven't really come up with an answer, I'm afraid. I'm Googling as we speak and I'm getting YouTube videos. Creeper van pictures from Photobucket. Uh, Grim Reaper, somebody wants me to subscribe to a uh, newsletter, of course, because I've been to the website so often. Okay, we will go to the next episode. Maybe um, Alpha32 can do a show on what a creeper van is. And the following day, his new old tablet. Uh, how he got the cruft of uh, LG G-Pad 7. And mm, he got this for a dollar. And I think on the... Um, where was it? On the uh, Goodwill, was it? Oh, no, no, no. He got it as a... Somebody was giving it away on a on a telephone subscription thing, perhaps. Can't remember. Can you remember, Dave? I, I don't remember either, I'm afraid. Uh, terribly sorry about that, Alpha. 32. Um, but by gosh, he never said no, huh? That thing must have been bugging the, bugging the hell out of him for a long time. But he eventually got, uh, got um, the thing firmware 
and I'm uh, tempted to do the same thing myself for some tablets that we have here. But again, it's I really when you go down the road of of bricking uh, of not bricking but putting firmwares on, some of them work and some of them don't, and some of them work and some of them half work, and then it stops breaking. It's really a a frustrating frustrating road but i was so glad at the end to hear that he got uh he managed to get um a new for a uh, new firmware on there yes quite a lot of dogged determination there which has that was impressive exactly okay the following day of 2127 tabletop gaming Klaatu ponders analog programming and tabletop gaming which is they lead into his series and it was a very very thoughtful um an audio essay, I think, on uh, tabletop gaming and why you should do it. This was the one, this was the episode actually that I was thinking of when I said that, I, that I'd found um, Klaatu's approach quite inspiring, thinking that maybe I should rethink the whole tabletop gaming thing. I thought this was, this was uh, quite a very well put together um, episode. The boy does make good arguments, doesn't he? He does, doesn't he? He does indeed. He does and indeed. John says, Game inspiring. It takes time to play a good analog game. How days where it takes two people, but I agree with the author that it is well worth the time. It allows you to be more creative in developing your adventure. When today's narrow computer, than today's narrow computer game stories, I download a dark occult game and plan to see if I can encourage other people to disconnect for a while and have some fun. Enjoy the podcast. Looking forward to the next show. And I was thinking about that, that um, our children here quite often will modify the rules of the game, um, you know, to avoid the nastiness of, or to make it less competitive or to make it simpler. And I've just struck by the, his um, approach to comparing it even to an open source game to just an analog game. There's nothing to say that you can't do that. You don't need any particular skills other than your imagination to be able to do that. And, you know, go for it if you can. Yeah, I'm fascinated that my daughter, uh, who is currently at university in her third year, um, part of the process of, of learning to be a, a student has been to get heavily into D&D, gaming, that sort of stuff. Yep. Um, you know, she wanted all these fancy dice for, for Christmas and that type of thing. So, you know, it's 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 obviously um, an area that uh, that could one should encourage them in, I think. It's uh, D&D was something that I always wanted to get into. I've been to a few and hung around with those, uh, the, the people a lot, but never really had the... I must confess that if I would really get into it, I don't think it'd be something that I could ever get out of. You know, that that's just where the danger I I, I thought about with yes, that. Yes. Yeah. Good point. Twenty one, twenty eight. Various glass bottle cutting techniques. Again, operator. And again, um, nice episode about cutting glass. Would have liked to know why he was cutting the glass. Um. And a few photos would have been excellent as well, I thought, with this one. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. I think he said he was using them for for um, uh, glasses for, for drinking. Oh, did he? Wasn't yeah. That was the image I had. I, I'm not, I, can't, I wouldn't swear to it, but I thought that's what he said. Okay, yeah. It would be nice to see some, uh, some of the tools and, uh, you know, after pictures would be excellent. 
So the next day we had GNU Awk Part 2. We examine how Awk works, records, fields, printing, and program files. By your good self, Dave. Indeed. And, uh, you know, contrary to what I was saying, this is this is a brilliant series, and your show notes were very explanatory. And just as a by the by, I happen to be in a different... Uh, I happen to be preparing for my son's birthday party while listening to this show during the week at 6 o'clock in the morning. And I was happily able to follow along without listening to without reading the show notes although i did feel a lot more comfortable when i had read the show notes if you know what i mean right yeah well the intention is that that you you do do that and hopefully you go back and reread them you know just to to refresh your, your memory and that type of thing so good excellent and alpha 32 said uh yeah, but uh, just to finish off that comment is that I think it could also be Mike. I use said uh, and grep the whole time. So, um, but the first time I went into it, I just it was like you know copy and paste programming. This worked. I had no idea why it worked, and now you're explaining to me why the said part works, and now why the awk part works. So I am really appreciated of that. So maybe for other people, it would be more difficult to follow along without the episode notes. So it's hard to know. But anyways, Alpha32 says, textbook question mark. Mr. Morris, your series on awk, said, etc. are brilliant. A bit dense. I'm having to come back to these with a notebook and more time. Also, are you publishing a manual or textbook to go along with this? Wouldn't that be, wouldn't be a terrible idea? Thanks for your excellent work. To which you replied. To which I replied, um, sorry, noise is off suddenly. Um, to which I replied, uh, hi, Alpha32, thanks for the compliments. I'm sharing the Orc series with Be Easy this time since we're both keen to talk about it. Just uh, wanted to highlight the fact this is a, a joint effort. And you your styles noticed. seem to match very well, so I'm yeah, quite happy yeah, about yeah. that, we, yeah. We, uh, yeah, we, we have a little bit of a, a, a conversation about where we're going next we don't have an overall plan really which maybe we should have done but we're we're sort of um uh conferencing about talking over email um about where where to go for the next step and so on um so i said you'll have noticed i like writing long detailed notes i got into the habit of writing explanations of things when i started working in it and kept a journal of stuff i'd learned it probably followed on from my science education where we were encouraged keep a lab book of what we'd observed soon after i started running an adult evening class in pascal and wrote a series of handouts for my students that grew into a textbook at the end of the course it was intended as a resource that they could refer to and learn from outside so the workflow i used to generate show notes producing html from markdown allows me to turn on an epub generation stage i tried it out for some hpr episode but wasn't happy with the results I could look at improving this if anyone is interested and could recreate EPUB format notes for the said series, for example. It's not a textbook as such, but should be a comprehensive set of notes about the episodes that could be read on a PC or tablet. And as I said earlier, it's that is something that I think we uh, will be the crowning jewel in HPR's achievement, that sort of detail, having uh, EPUBs and stuff for some of these series, not all of them, obviously, but some of them that, uh, you know, you've got everything that you need in order to, to grasp these tools. Yeah, well, well, hopefully so. Um, maybe we can. I've had a brief word with uh, Be Easy about, about that idea, and he's, uh, he, he's quite keen on the, on the thought for this series. So we'll see where we can go with that. 
And Tlatu demonstrates how to perform one git push to two separate repositories. So you set up your git remotes, origin and foo, you create a new remote encompassing the tar- existing targets, adjust your SSH config and push all head. Tlatu or somebody else really could do with a whole series on git because I think we're just uh, getting the uh, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what git can do and how it works um yeah it's it's a big 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 subject it's um it's 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 yeah (laughs) it's it's not something i would want to take on myself um really to be honest because it's so huge but uh yeah it's it's you're quite right it's it's there's scope for 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 loads of people to to contribute to this um i would certainly like to hear hear other people's experiences of it yeah it's um my use of git is entirely down to a episode that Tlatu did on it uh, on the GNU World Order and I would love more details either via the GNU World Order podcast which is the zone or um here in HPR ideally so anyways that was it for the review of the shows and we had uh, then some other stuff coming through on the mailing list, and um, we had a few comments to older shows. Let's see. Shall we do those thing. first? Do you want to do them? Um, I mean, shall we do them? Um, yeah, because well, we were talking about comments this first. And might I just say, I really like the way four comments on the previous shows works. It's uh, quite nice. Yes. Yes. The only thing I fail to do every time is to go and open those comments so I can read them. <laughs> so this you, was you a, the first one was on uh, 2059, which was More Tech, Less Magic by Todd Mitchell. And this was yes. about uh, his children were growing up gaming technology and, uh, and, and stuff like that. And... Uh, Silvoy says, really enjoyed the episode. Please record some more. We couldn't agree more there. On SSL certificates, how they work by Ahuka. Uh, I had made the comment that it was uh, illegal, or, you know, it wasn't, it's different in the EU, but um, that it is illegal since the, computer, the company owns the computers, uh, David said. Or, sorry. My original comment was that I'm not a lawyer, but in the EU, it's not permissible to intercept all communication, even if there's a policy in place about non-personal use of computers. And Clarkie said, different in the EU, dropping in the combo without having heard the conversation yet in Sweden, which is in the EU. Uh, the company I'm currently contracted and pretty careful about dotting their I's, crossing the lawyer's T's, and they don't believe they would risk doing anything else illegal they intercept tls traffic but i don't know if the store anything or if it's just counter filter to work and get things thrown away that makes the difference google chrome uses os certificate list so if you are in a company issued compute windows computer that has the firewall tls ca certificate uh installed to facilitate interception google chrome's will accept the CA just as if it were a real CA. Firefox won't because it has its own list. That is incredibly scary. Um, the part about the Sweden thing is if they used any of that information to... Um, uh, it is. I still don't think that it's uh, legal. The interception is probably okay, um, but they would 
need to it would be interesting to to ask somebody at FOSTEM on the legal track about that that's something that we should pursue you should always work on the assumption that if you're in somebody else's network they have everything anyway but i'm not sure that that's allowed what they're suggesting is allowed um don't i don't know i'm afraid I think uh, I will, uh, if we're at FOSTEM and we have time, we should nip past or ask Bradley Coon, fire him off an email to see who in the EU would be able to answer that sort of question. It's interesting. Who'd have thought we'd get interesting questions here? So the last one was... Make Files for Everyday Use by John Culp. And uh, I think John was commenting... Whoops. And this shows how uh, John uses uh, make files to, you know, um, uh, in his LilyPond and HTML projects to automate the results. John commented that uh, to to a comment by Fweeb, who was explaining about the dot phony target. Um, he uh, he said, thanks for the info. It's funny, I guess I could read info pages myself, but normally I just look at other people's make files, for examples, and never really understand what they're doing. Once it all works, I'm happy. Bit of trial and more error. So I, I'll read my comment. Shall I? I, I commented on that because I yeah. quite liked John's, uh, John's comment there saying, copy and paste program. We've probably all been there. I believe the practice is called copy and paste programming nowadays. That is, you know, looking at somebody else's thing and grabbing it without fully understanding it. I've certainly written make files by this method. I've tried to learn more about the subject by reading the GNU make manual, but it's hard going. I'd say it's certainly a subject for a series of HBR shows. Ooh, yes. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedy. So that was it for the comments, don't you think, Dave? I certainly do, yes. And the discussions on the HPR mailing list were mostly as a result of um, the uh, some guys are going with a, to do a pan network table. HPR Podnot and Joe Hecht so far arranged for a table at the OL, uh, OLF, which is Ohio Linux Fest. Did we ever get a new banner? If so, who has it? Basically, there's a HPR kit, uh, which I think we need to revive desperately on both sides of the Atlantic and, you know, on any subcontinents that there may be, regardless of their size, in order to um, go to shows and events and present HPR. And I really like the idea of having a pan network table. So the pods, nuts and uh, various different shows uh, represented and i was hoping to do something similar uh, put a proposal forward for fostem in the new year where we would go as hpr but have other podcasters join us and it is very important to do that because that's where you meet actual techies and people who will contribute to your show they are your target audience so um if there are people going to events and can represent HPR, that would be a brilliant way of giving back to the community. We, um, I think we need also stickers and stuff um, printed off, and it's on my list of things to do. Hopefully I'll get to it tomorrow, Dave, if you can <laughs> remind me. Um, right. To yes. put the images up on the websites again, the logos and the banners, and make it clear to people, yes, um, Joe actually had managed to get it i don't know if i can say it but a very very big donation of cups for uh hpr um to give away at the at the event and uh, basically just volunteer them 
and um, uh, downloaded the stuff and made it available and uh, printed it off. And if anyone wants to put a, um, a shop together of, of HPR swag or, or stuff for, I don't want to be involved in gathering money for any of this uh, because then you have to do accounting and billing and all sorts of stuff. So in the past, if um, if somebody said, yeah, I have the ability to run off some... Uh, some uh, stickers and if you want some fires send us all over some paypal money and uh, we'll make that happen that's kind of the way i i would prefer to <laughs> to to do it so if if somebody is um is doing off a batch of stickers um then yeah put it on the mailing list and uh we'll get the word out and uh, if you've got a paypal account and wants a few uh, a few shekels to make that happen let's let's make that happen but i really would like us as a project to get back to being at the uh, shows and boots and stuff it really uh, increases our presence yep great idea yeah, um, and the other show notes were, are the other things in the news topic were trying to locate the banner in the US, um, which I'm not sure. Uh, Joe sent in a, a codeforsale.com who's got a podcast and he's working on making it uh, Creative Commons friendly. He's already put up a, a Nog feed. And once he does that, we will then... Uh, ooh, look at those cups. Aren't they gorgeous? They are nice, yes. That is a that is some excellent work there. By um, we were very lucky to get that. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah. I think I think many people saw them and went, "Whoa! How do I get one?" <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Exactly. It's not not so easy, but they do look lovely. Yeah, cool. Nothing. Nothing says uh, awesome like a cup. I don't know what it is about uh, about stickers and tech, but uh, there's lots of people in work are you know collecting stickers on their laptops now so yep let's uh let's get more stickers done and uh and uh that sort of thing we um just on the banner business we know where the where the uk banner is but, yeah uh, i i don't i'm not sure the answer to the us banner but uh maybe uh, you do I don't, and the uh, it's not one hundred percent clear. There's still uh, some people talking offline about it, um, so not one hundred percent sure where that is. And there's they um, they also had a a recorder as well, a recording device for recording shows, which is something that we didn't have in the um, in the uh, UK um, table booth. That's right. Yeah, and I'll probably make a, an EU uh, banner booth as well, or. A, one that I use myself when I go around to shows. So that would be uh, super, I think. So, Dave, did we miss anything else at all, at all, at all? Bikara? I don't think so. I think we're we're pretty much uh, up to date with everything. I'm just trying to think now if there was something I wanted to say to people. Um... I forgot to mention that uh, John Culp had, um, had said that he was going to try and come along and join us tonight, but he had a uh, a work commitment, and it looks like he uh, he couldn't make it, which is a, a shame. But hopefully, he will be able to some point in the future. Sorry, what was that again? John Culp was going to join us, but he uh, oh bummer he didn't he didn't manage to unfortunately. Okay, no worries, no worries. We uh, we struggle on, and we have uh, hopefully a new host in KDG, at least a new listener. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Okay, Dave. Okay, dokey. We will now end this recording with the traditional singing of our national anthem. Join us now and share the software. <laughs>
or not. Tune in tomorrow <laughs> for another exciting episode of Hacker Public Radio. Radio. <laughs>